superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende. Although I sound a little bit different today, you get the super sultry laryngitis version of Tatiana. Um, but I am very excited to have our guest, Robert Candle, with me here today. We're going to be discussing how sexual shame affects men in relationships, which I believe is just such a really important topic. And I'm so grateful to be graced with an individual who has a lot of wisdom around it and is able to speak to it because my goodness, we need, we need more conversation about this right now. Um, so before we dive in, let me tell you a little bit more about Robert Candle. I love this. Hailed as part football coach, part loving dad, and part slightly crazed drill sergeant, Robert has spent the last 18 years helping people re-energize their lives and build better relationships through more honest and authentic connection. After building a successful consulting firm in San Francisco, he then took his business acumen and co-founded One Taste in 2004 with Nicole Daydoni. Taking on the challenging task of bringing conscious sexuality to the mainstream market, Robert built the company from scratch to a high seven-figure international corporation. He left One Taste in 2014 to start his own consulting firm, helping small businesses become marketable and profitable. Robert is also an accomplished teacher, coach, and lecturer. He brings his enthusiasm and acumen to his weekly podcast, Tough Love, on subjects around relationships, intimacy, communication, and gender dynamics. Welcome to the show, Robert. Really happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. So we're going to start off with uh, with a question I love to ask people. What are your mm -hmm. superpowers? Patience. Patience. <laughs> Approval tenacity and awareness of the meta message the message underneath the words the facial gesture the body language seeing and hearing and understanding the meta message oh, i love that i love i love how you how you language that that's such a important skill to have and it really is a superpower and um, makes a lot of sense as to why you would be in the line of work that you are in mm -hmm. um, having that as a superpower it's a really a really important one um, and I think really apt for for this topic that that we've chosen for today I mean I get the sense that the presence and the space that you're able to hold for a person anyone who can who has that superpower of really being able to to read that undercurrent in my, in my experience can hold a tremendous amount of space for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we're talking about a topic as sort of touchy as shame, that's a really important quality to have. Because mm -hmm. it's so tender. And it's so tender. So tender. And so challenging for men to even think they might have some, let alone start to investigate it. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because I think that that is actually, I mean, I think for men and women, but I, but I can imagine, especially for men because of the way our culture is set up. I mean, you're supposed to be like Superman, you know, you're mm -hmm. supposed to, supposed to be impervious to anything and not have feelings. And, um, and so to even 
begin to identify shame inside of oneself is quite a process in and of itself. Can you can you speak to that a little bit for some of the men who might be listening in today of like how one would even go about identifying shame inside of oneself? It's it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, I've been doing a lot of research. I'm I'm working on a book and the book is called Unhidden. And it's a book for men and those confused by them. And uh, I, love, I love that. <laughs> thank you. Which is a lot of people, a lot of people. And I want to say, like, I've I'm a strong proponent of women's empowerment. I've you know spent really the majority of my career really helping women and being a service to women and creating space for women to grow and be big. And um, it's so important. It's so wonderful to see what's happening in the last ten years. And men just don't have the same space. And when I was doing my research, I I came across something called the MRA, which is the Men's Rights Activists, I think, or Activism, or something like that. Basically, it was men asking for equal rights. And when I first read it, I was like, what is this? Men Men don't need this. This is ridiculous. And the more I got into it, the more I understood why this exists and what the underlying thing is. Because men don't feel the freedom to speak, to connect to, to be rewarded for their emotional state, they don't learn the skills how to touch them or know them. And so we push them away. We push them into our shadow. And because of that, there's no opportunity for healing. There's been incredible programs for women to empower, which is wonderful. There hasn't been the same for men. And so women's empowerment is increasing and women are are just growing and the feminine is growing in the world and men don't have the space to keep up or even have a chance to keep up. Um, Yeah, I think that that is so true. And you said something about the shadow Um, and I'm pushing it into the shadow because men don't have the space Mm -hmm. to to explore those emotions. And what I'm seeing is that not only are women growing in their power and, and growing in their, their leadership um, and really stepping out into the front, but what's happening concurrently is that the masculine shadow is growing even stronger because men don't have that space. Mm-hmm. Right. I totally agree with you. It's, so it's, it's a direct result. And so we have the benefit of women's light shining but we we the detriment is women need men for biological reasons true but also for their full optimization of who they are all genders and i want to make this just two genders because there's so many genders all genders just need the opportunity to keep up leveling and keep connecting and keep growing and so we need to create space for each other to go through the challenges, through the dark nights of our soul, through the, the rocky roads, so we can find our footing in this ever-changing world. There's a lot of space for women to do it. There's less space and shrinking space for men to do it. Yeah. So how do we then begin to open up that space? Because I think it's such a you know, to even introduce, there, there are certain men, I mean, I know some really beautiful men. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel so blessed in, in my life with, with some of the men who I'm, 
who I'm just honored to know and be married to one of them and um, who are men who are just really willing to look at their stuff, really willing to go deep, who aren't afraid to feel things and to name them. But that's not the majority of men. Um, and sometimes I forget that cause I live in this like little bubble of mm-hmm. these beautiful men who I've surrounded myself with. And, and as soon as I step outside of that, it's like, oh, right, this is, um, you know, how do, how do we even begin that kind that dialogue? You start to practice and work on the concept of approval. I said that was one of my superpowers. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I was curious it, about that. Yes. So approval doesn't mean you agree with everything another person does, but you approve of them as a person. So it's sort of like when you have a computer with a virus, you don't throw away the computer, sometimes do, but you don't tend to throw away the computer. You just tack the software that's the virus. Mm-hmm. When you approve of a person, of a man, of who he is, and then say, there's this part of you that I want to invite you to up-level. I am going to stay with you in this process. I am going to reflect to you your impact on me. And I'm going to say it in a way that you know I love you dearly. I'm rooting for you. And it's really important that you understand this because you might not see the impact you're having on me. Most men do not know the impact they have on women. Most women assume men do. And we're in this chaos and this argument because of that distinction. If a woman says to a man, I want to be closer to you, and this is one of the things we need to up-level, that's a lot better than what normally comes out, which is you're an asshole, <laughs> or you're dumb, or you're just a man, or of course, you're, this is who you are because this is the way you were raised, or this is the fault of your mother, whatever nasty thing that tends to come because the woman doesn't feel approval. Now, what's coming up for me as I, as I hear you speak is, a, is an argument that I've heard a lot in this whole, you know, as we've had this like Me Too eruption. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that because we do need to go to this quick break. Um, but I, I really want to dive into this when we get back. So, so let's go to break and then, and then we're, we're going to dive in here um, around this, uh, this argument that I've heard a lot of women come up with in mm-hmm. sort of response to what you just said. I don't necessarily agree with it, but, um, but it's one that I want to hear your answer to. Great. So, um, so we're going to go to quick break. Where can people find out more about you and your work? I'm building a new website, uh, robertcandell.com, K-A-N-D-E-L-L.com. Uh, until it's up, you'll go to my current website, but everything is going to be found at Robert, my podcast, information about my book, my writing, et cetera, et cetera, robertcandell.com. Beautiful. So we've been talking with Robert Candell about how sexual shame affects men in relationships. And stay tuned because this is a really powerful and juicy topic. We'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master 
master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. And so this this question that I'm that I'm wanting to ask you um, is sort of in response to, you know, you were talking about how to sort of have this space of approval um, towards men. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was just sort of hearing in, in the background as I've been, you know, scanning these conversations and participating in these conversations as this whole Me Too thing has, has come up and, and we're really more in this cultural uh, dialogue around this whole dynamic. Um, a lot of women, I think, could interpret what you're saying as like it's our job to like do the work for the men or it's mm-hmm. you know to like okay well now we also have to show up for them in this way which I don't necessarily agree with like I said before the break but I'm I'm curious to hear your your thoughts on that or your response to that yeah I've had the same discussion heated discussion yeah it's, it does get heated yeah I wrote an article um on Good Man Project and Medium.com, which was what lies behind men's privilege, fear, and desire. And so my viewpoint is that the reason men are inappropriate with their behavior is they have um, not connected to their fear and not connected to their desire, which has them act inappropriately, which affect women. And in the article, I basically said it's the woman's opportunity so let's just change the word job to yeah, opportunity. I love that. I love that. Because it's a choice. I'm not saying women have to do it. But if the women want the men to up level, they have to start telling them the truth. Because women yes. lie. Men lie. But women lie and withhold. In the lying and withholding, because they don't want to deal with men's fragile ego, which is a pain in the butt. I know. I have one. <laughs> Had one. Have one at times. The lying and the withholding has co-created the situation that men think they're doing everything right because they don't have access to their emotions and their intuition. So in this argument, women are like, I don't want this to be my job. And I'm like, you don't have to. It's really, you don't have to. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And I also, I just want to speak to, you know, something that you brought forward earlier about like, you know, the women's empowerment space and like, for any of the women who are listening right now, like this is an opportunity for you to step into your leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, this is part of what the women coming forward. So I've, I've worked with a lot of um, indigenous elders and some uh, one grandmother in particular, Nana Wilma, who's uh, from the Mayan lineage down in Guatemala. She's, she has said that this time um, that we're in, yes, it's the, it's the time for the women to step up and lead, but we're not, first of all, we're not designed to lead in that, like the men have been leading, which I think is a big fear of like letting the women or, you know, like having that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but our, our, our role is really to lead the line back into a circle. And Mm -hmm. we do that by standing up and by taking hands with the men beside us. Mm -hmm. And, and this is, you know, what I'm hearing you say, this is a beautiful way to do that and to really call call that divine aspect out in these men right now men 
have to stand up and meet women. So this is not just on the women to do. There's, There's a complete equal partnership. And if a man is not stepping up, you tell him that too. Listen, I feel like you're here about 50%. I'm trying to give you a nugget. I'm not interested in your 50%. I demand 100%. If you're not willing, I'm going to take my attention and go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have to carry the men. You actually have to make the game big enough, the opportunity big enough, your power big enough that the guy has to stand up and say, okay, I'm in. Now, here's the kicker. In our today's society, the trends I'm looking at, and I've done a lot of research on this, is men are actually giving up. They're heading in the wrong direction. They're going towards uh, Tinder, swipe left, swipe right. They're going to gaming. They're going to internet porn. So I want to give women reality that guys are not stepping up. And for it to happen, women need to set their standards high, and men have to say, okay, I'm in. I'm not comfortable. I don't know what the F to do, but I'm in. And then that's the only opportunity for us to really lead and engage in sacred relationship. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think I keep coming back. So I have a background in the theater and I keep coming back to the, the play Lysistrata. Are you familiar with? Uh, I'm not, unfortunately. This play. So it's, it's, a, it's a Greek play. It's about the Trojan War. I mean, this play was written a long time ago. Um, but what happened was the women went on sexual strike mm. because they wanted the war to end. Mm. And so they, they banded together women across all over Greece. They did like, you know, they, they just made an agreement and they went into the whorehouses and they made an agreement with all of the women everywhere that they would not have sex with any of the men until the war stopped. Mm. And I think in the play, it's like three days mm. or something, and the mm-hmm. war is over. Yeah, smart. <laughs> and smart. I, keep, I keep coming back to like, we need like a modern day Lysistrata. Like we, need to, we need to come together in agreement as women um, that we are calling the men into this, and we need to be on board with one another and in support of one another mm-hmm. in that process. Yeah, I think women have all the right to be angry. I even think women have all the right not to take on the opportunity and just be like, I'm sick of, but if we're in that spot, guess what's going to happen? The cycle is going to continue. The disconnection, the chasm between men and women truly relating is going to continue. And so, you know, I hate to use this analogy, but when you have a, when you have a child and you get frustrated with the child for the child being the child, you have two options. One is you can keep being mad at the child for them not knowing Or you can be like, all right, I have the skill. I can show them how to tie their shoes or do their math homework. And uh, it's the same thing with men. It's not bad that men don't have emotional intelligence or acumen. They were never given the opportunity to learn it. So if you have willing men, and maybe it just takes, you know, one willing woman to talk to a willing man, and then that's the domino effect. But it does take every single person giving each of us a chance to up-level our our way of being and approval is, in my opinion, the easiest and strongest way to do that. Yeah. 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 Um, I want I want to talk about shame some more because I think you know. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if we ever answered that that question. We know we, we, of how we, how we go about rude around it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a really valuable tangent, but yeah. um, but I but I do want to circle back around to that. Like like how how do you know outside of the women creating the space for a man? You know, ultimately, I believe we're absolutely on a collective journey, and we're in this sort of conundrum of it starts with the individual first mm-hmm. um and so if we're looking at it in that way like what's the first step for a man listening to this who does want to do the work because he's noticing that these patterns keep happening in his life and you know there's this like gaping empty hole inside his soul that's starting to eat away at him and maybe he wants to start doing some of the work like where does he start okay uh, well, first, I wouldn't start with the concept of looking for your shame, your sexual shame, because that is a that's kind of a PhD level or in gaming. That's like level seven gaming. Um, start with a level one of just starting to notice and inventory your emotions. You know, you want to go in and, you know, figure out where you're losing your money. You look at a P&L. If you want to figure out how much stock you have, you go into your warehouse and do an inventory. If you want to understand who you are and what's going on, just start to look at your emotions during the day. Start just to put your attention on it. And it doesn't have to be anything dramatic. You know, when I, when I wanted to get clear with money, I had a little notepad in my back pocket. And every time I bought a candy bar or a book, I'd write the number of, the, of how much I spent mm-hmm. over a month. At the end of the month, I started to look at, oh, I've got trends. Um, it's the same thing with emotions or same thing with unconscious eating or same thing with weight loss or exercise. Just start to put attention on who you are and you know where do you start to feel something. It could be even something amorphous like I felt funny when I got home from work to my empty, dirty apartment. I'm not sure what it is. Great. Write that down. Start to look for patterns. And then that's the first step. Just give yourself space to start to pay attention. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and I think that I, I really like how, how you named that, you know, like I'm feeling funny. I'm not quite sure what it is. Cause I think for some people when they start out on this track, even to just name an emotion can be challenging. Right. Uh, the second thing is to read, just start looking at books that I feel attracted to um, go to Facebook groups on emotions if you can find one. I haven't really looked for that one. Um, Psychology Today is a, is a really easy to read mainstream magazine with value. Um, start to look for, oh, that kind of sounds like me. Um, I'm reading a book called Man Interrupted uh, for my research. Uh, it's by the guy who did the Stanford Prison experiment, Dr. Mm. Philip Zimbardo, I think his name is. I always have trouble with his last name. And it's an epic book in scientific terms about where men are interrupted in their growth. Um, So that's a really invaluable book if you want to start to look at, you know, he's like, these are the symptoms. And he really lays it out in human form, which I loved. And these are some of the up levels we can have. So it's a great book that I highly recommend. So that's actually a great segue to my next question. What are some of the symptoms like of, of sexual shame? How have you seen it manifest in your work with people, with their relationships? You know, what are some of the sort of the classic signposts that, oh, this is, this is, this is a shame piece that is, is hiding in there? I'll, I'll answer your question a little differently than you might expect. So when you've eliminated or gotten a better relationship with your shame, 
you could talk to anyone interested, any active listener who wanted to ask me a question, and you could talk about every single sexual desire without hesitation. Now, this doesn't mean talk to your mother. <laughs> you know, I'm telling like you meet someone who's open-minded and they say, oh, what turns you on? And you can just go, I like rimming, I like fisting, I like group sex, I like BDSM. And you're like, you're talking about it like it's a laundry list. If you can do that, you know you've, you've dealt with your sexual shame. Now, until you get to that point, you have some element of sexual shame. You have some block inside of you that you don't feel forthright talking about it, which is 99.999% of all men, is you have one or a lot of blocks. When you recognize this, and then you can start to pick things apart. Uh, let's take like a foot fetish. You have a foot fetish. There's something about feet that really turn you on. And uh, you're dating someone and you're dating someone for six months and sex is good and you really like each other and getting closer and you haven't mentioned the feet and how much you're always checking out her feet. She might already know, but you know, there's something in there. So then you say, all right, in, by yourself, you start look at what is the fear of telling this person I'm dating who I feeling love feelings for about the feet. Well, huh? Well, I told that kid when I was seven about it, and then she told everyone else, and everyone else laughed at me. Oh, that's big. Okay. Um, I'm afraid that she'll think I'm a freak, and she'll leave me. Oh, okay. Uh, so you just start to research these specific things, and then it'll open up you know, your childhood wounds, your adult wounds, and all the reasons you don't feel forthright to tell the truth to people you care about. Beautiful. I mean, that, when I when I hear you talk about that process, I can, you know, that's that's where I guess I'll just ask the question. You know, how important do you think support is in that process? Because I, I think that there's a certain level of that work that we actually can't do by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I have a therapist I've been seeing for over three years. Uh, he's a somatic based therapist. He did body-based. I've hit pillows with tennis rackets. And we do something called EMDR, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing. It's kind of like uh, tripping without the drugs. You go <laughs> into your subconscious, and he asks me questions and pull things out and memories. Um, so I, I think therapy or having a coach, someone to reflect to you what you can't see in your own shadow is epic and really powerful. And if you can't, afford them, then look for a men's group, look for I mean, whatever gender, look for the gender-based groups so you can get support. 12-step uh, programs are great and they're, they're relatively free. You can sit in a room and hear other people's stories um, and how strength and how they move through their stuff. And so, and especially on the internet, there's so much available. So there's no more excuses. I don't have anyone to talk to because you can. So I think it's epically important on your journey for you to feel supported and have someone reflect to you with approval when you can't see yourself. Totally. Um, now, another question that, that comes up is, you know, this work is really uncomfortable. Like everything you're just talking about, like, yeah. oh yeah, going back into those feelings, that is really uncomfortable and scary. And like, maybe I don't want to, like, why, why would a man want to do this work? A man would want, so People will only do the work when the pain of change 
is less than the pain of staying the same. <laughs> you know, people want the most results with the least amount of effort. So, you know, I have clients, I have a client who's divorced, lives in the basement of his house, lost his job, dealing with an injury. And he's saying to me, I'm going to die. Maybe physically, because he was a smoker. I'm going to die unless I change something. So he hired me. And so we've worked step by step with small incremental steps for him to get out of the physical and emotional basement so we can start to live his life. He has years of work and yeah. work, you know, looking at his self-sabotaging, his, his father and all these things, but he's doing the work step by step to climb out of that basement because he knows if he stays, he's going to die. That's so the what about someone who doesn't want to have to get to rock bottom? Like what are, what are some signals that maybe there is a shadow lurking? Maybe it's not as bad as that guy who's like, you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes we do have to hit rock bottom. I, I agree with that to realize that it's time to make a change. Mm. But I'm all about preventative medicine. That's like totally my jam. Right? Mm. So, so for someone who's listening to this, who's like, um, okay, I am aware that maybe I might have some work to do, but like, I don't, I don't want to have to hit rock bottom to get there. Like, what are some of, what are some of the life signs that you've seen pre rock bottom that might, might indicate that, that there's some work to be done? Well, let's, let's change this a little bit. There's always work to be done. Sure. There's always yeah. ways to go from good to better. That is so we true. have this viewpoint. We have to go from bad to good. I'm in a viewpoint, good to better. Like I'm in pretty good shape. You know, I feel pretty healthy. I'm, you know, I could lose five or 10 pounds, but I feel good. I go to a trainer because there's a better that mm -hmm. I have desire for. So the bottom line is if you're listening to this in your life, there's ways that you can up-level your life. It could be your work. It could be your relationships. It could be your sex. It could be your health. It could be your purpose. It could be your intelligence. It could be, like, just pick a topic. There's tens of thousands of them. There's some way that you could make it better. Now, if you have an inkling that one of these things is actually at a pain point, like me and my girlfriend, we're always fighting and we're always having those dumb fights where it's like a dog chasing our tail. And, you know, like it's just it's so annoying and I want to be with her, but I just can't stand the fights. Okay, you're seeing a place where you can up-level your communication, where you can learn things like how to listen better, how not to uh, project or throw your bullshit on someone else. So take a pain point in your life, isolate it. We fight a lot or we fight about dumb things and start to look around communication patterns, how men and women talk differently, um, how we project. Look up projection. I mean, there's all these things you can do. The bottom line is you can always improve something. And if you're not willing to and not interested, that's your choice. And I, I uh, respect that. And there's always a way to up-level your life, period. Right. The biggest room in the house is the room for improvement. Mm. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, li I, I like that pithy. one too. I it's pithy. It. I like it. <laughs> yes. Um, so how do you tend to work with people? Like, I mean, you mentioned this man. Is it usually rock bottom people who come to find you? Or is it, you know, you work with people who are wanting to up level? I, realize, I understand that you work with, you know, people in the business world as well and mm -hmm. how does how does this work how does that how does there a crossover there 
mm. from from this work into the business sector. Right. Um, I built One Taste, which was a company that taught about sexuality, inter- uh, relationships, communication, and intimacy. I did that for 10 years. And during that tenure, I was the chief operating officer and chief financial officer, also ran the men's program, taught, coached. You know, I was double duty. So I learned both pieces of the puzzle. I love both of them. I love, you know, helping people up level. So Tony Robbins says that the success of a business is based on the psychology of the owner which I've seen time and time again. When a business owner feels constricted or tight or unhealthy or worried about their parents or in a bad relationship, the company tends to contract. So I apply my life coaching skills into the business so you can up-level the psychology, find out where they're self-sabotaging, break through those glass ceilings, and then you know double or triple their business, which I've had success doing. So fear on the business side is often what stops us. It's not the competition. It's not the product. It's our un, uh, our fear and our shadow we haven't seen. And generally, I mean, in my experience, if it's if it's playing out in one area of our mm. lives, it's playing out in other areas Absolutely. of our lives. They're entwined. They're yeah. Entwined. I mean, that's, I, that's why I love the sexuality work because I feel like if you can work it out between the sheets, like yes. you can probably work it out anywhere else. Yeah. And on the life coaching side, you know, people are more often than not stuck around their purpose or what they want to do or their money. Mm-hmm. And again, so, you know, business and life coaching are very well entwined. I've been very lucky because I like variety uh, to have the whole spectrum. I've had successful business CEOs, men and women who just want to bring their, their business to the next level or want to deal with their relationships. I've had the guys in basements. I've had couples. Um, I really do have a wide vast. Um, really, it just takes someone's willingness to say, I want to up-level my life. I want to go from good to better. And I can help people tweak that, either with a coaching session that we talk once a month to me interacting with a company culture or where the blocks are so people can like each other and work better together. So... Um- you mentioned Tony Robbins, and I just want to circle back around him because mm-hmm. he's kind of in the in the hot seat right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your take on all of that? With you know the the video that went viral with the the woman sort of standing up to him and and the big explosion around you know his comments towards the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and his sort of backpedaling around them. Like, what's your What's your take on what happened there? Tony Robbins, I think Tony Robbins is extremely scripted. I've, you know, I've known him, I've, I've met him. There was a point where One Taste and Tony were thinking about uh, working together. And I felt when he was in that spot, he went to his script rather than actually feeling the woman, feeling the room or listening to what she said, it felt like he had a point which he got very strong in his masculine and wanted to get the point across. The point I thought was a little off to begin with, but the worst crime was he just stuck in his script rather than see, wow, there's, I, I miscued on my words. I didn't explain myself. Like I have a good point here and I didn't explain myself well, and, but he just stuck in that masculine script rather than admit that he miscued. He just got bigger and physically, you know, approached her and actually physically pushed her away, which was a big mistake. Yeah. And then 
Um, for some reason, like it took him three or four days to be like, I fucked up. I don't know if I can swear on this, but like, yes, you can. <laughs> okay. So I make mistakes all the time. I, I am, I am uh, on the cutting edge of a lot of things in coaching. I say some really intense things to people. That's my job. That's why people hire me is to tell them mm-hmm. the intense truth. And there are many times where I went a little too far or missed the mark or saw something. And at that point, I'm like, you're right hold on a second. I want to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me let you know what I thought and let me try again. And then the person says, Oh wow, he actually heard, he apologized. And then we can get back into connection. For some reason he was very slow to do that. And then his um, recant was good. Could have been better. was good. And then he didn't connect with the woman. Um, uh, my, my colleague, Destin Garrick, Another good person for your show. Yes, I, he's been on the show, actually. Oh, okay. I think love his show is going to air really soon. I, oh, I loved yeah. him, too. It was great. He hooked up. I think her name was Nadine McCool. I think her, that was her name. Um, he did a great a series of interviews with her to give her a perspective. So uh, Destin Garrick, you can find him on the web. He did a great uh, bunch of Facebook Lives with her. Um, but so I just think Tony got into his big old masculine self, Stop feeling, Stop listening. And that was his his biggest mistake. And his viewpoint was off to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something about, I mean, I'm, I'm all about like, let's not be victims in our lives and let's not play into that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of shocked actually at his apology too. And how to me, it was very illuminating of the shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, I, I do a lot of work with the shadow, mm-hmm. um, because it's so needed right mm-hmm. now. And, you know, we can talk about love and light all day long. Um, but there's a shadow and if we don't address it, it gets bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. And, yeah. and what I just, what I saw coming out really clearly was this epic shadow and how he couldn't even apologize in speaking to it. Like, that's how big of a shadow it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he truly saw, again, I, the impact he had. Right. The impact he has. And that is, the, if we want to pull the lens way back and you know, look at masculine feminine, that's the biggest crime. Yeah. Is the masculine does what the masculine does. And there's a lot of value and benefit to that. But when they don't feel or see or notice the impact they have on the feminine, and the feminine's like, Hey, you just stepped on my foot. And the masculine's like, well, your foot was there, and I'm just going to do what I do. And That's, you should not have put your foot there to right. begin with. <laughs> right. And, you know, the woman might have, the feminine might have put your the foot out. Responsibility. Don't be a but victim. <laughs> right. It's still like, just stop, stop, feel, you know, stop, feel the impact. Ask if you don't know, apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, my foot was really big at the moment. And then there's resolution, but the masculine doesn't like to do that because we like to keep moving. And, and just to bring it full circle back to shame, like I think there's a piece in there because there is a very fine line between being able to apologize mm-hmm. and going into a full-on shame. Like, like there's, there's almost this thing like, in order to take responsibility, I have to feel shame, mm-hmm. which I don't think is necessarily true. 
And shame's not a bad thing. Shame is an emotional communication. So we avoid shame. Right. We avoid looking bad. We avoid making a mistake. It's like, no, you're an evolving human being on this great journey of life without a script. We were building the bridge to nowhere. So if you miscue, if you step on a foot, it's okay. You're just being human. It's the covering up or the denial of it or it's right. your fault or the projection. That's where the disconnection occurs. And if you're not in touch with the emotions, then you want to stay right rather than connected. You know, I, I, I feel so much relief in like my whole system hmm. to just like hear you speak to that, like the humanness, like yet yeah, we're all going to fuck up at some mm-hmm. point and just know that like we, we came in, we put skin on, like we're here. We, yes, we come from a divine, perfect source. And we came into a totally imperfect physical reality. Mm-hmm. We're going to make mistakes and to just acknowledge that and, mm-hmm. and not make it such a big stinking deal. It makes it so much easier to own up to them when they happen. But I yeah. think that especially for men, there's like this ego thing where like, if I admit that I made a mistake, it means I'm wrong mm-hmm. or there's something or, wrong with me or less than or less than exactly. Yeah. I'll give you an example. So I'm doing this work for 18 years. I'm a teacher. I'm a writer. I consider myself a master communicator, blah, 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 all this ego stuff. And then about three months ago, I'm sitting with my wife and she's talking about this thing that's bothering her and she's, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I immediately went into Mr. Fix-It. And I was like, oh, well, this is what I think. She said, what do you think? And I said, this is what I think you should do, A, B, and C. And then her face got skewed up. And I was like, what? She's like, I just wanted you to acknowledge my feelings. And I was like, oh, (laughs) and I laughed at myself and I said, you're right. I apologize. I went into my masculine. I should have gone into my feminine to feel you. I apologize. Let's talk about your feelings. And if I would have stuck my masculine, like you didn't ask me to look at your feelings or you didn't ask, you know, like all these things that we do, disconnection. It's just like I misread the sign of what she wanted. I didn't know. I apologize. And then we got closer after that. Sometimes it's just that simple in real time to be like, oops, I was human, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that like, you know, you're going to get punished and put in a corner or beat with a belt or whatever. You like, Mm -hmm. you can, you can acknowledge that you made a mistake and it'll be okay. Um, But I think there, there is often that, that little kid piece in us who maybe some of those things did happen. And Mm -hmm. so we're afraid to admit that we, spilled the milk because we're gonna get in trouble you know um yeah i I think and thank you for for illustrating how beautifully simple it can be to to just own up in the moment and it it doesn't have to be a big deal Mm. and i really like i just i really want i want so many men to hear that Mm -hmm. um and not just men you know i mean this is this happens for everybody Mm -hmm. um and I, you know, I've, I've, I'm at, I'm at this place in my own journey where I, I've, I talk about the masculine feminine dynamic a lot and I'm realizing how maybe it's time for some new terminology around that because there are so many different genders and it's not just, we're not in just this binary. There are these different energetics that, you know, from like, it seems like almost a yin yang thing. Like there, there is that the, the plus and the minus, the, the polarity, right? the complementary aspects but you know it we don't have to be men to go into that 
defensive or like try to fix it place. You know, mm-hmm. I do that with my husband sometimes. Sometimes the role is reversed where he's yeah. like, I just needed you to hear me. And I'm like, right, I'm sorry. Oops. You know, and it's so, yeah. I, and uh, I just, I really want to acknowledge you as a man who is doing this beautiful work. Um, I think we need more of you in the world. And thank you so much for for stepping up to it and for for bringing it out more and and more and more. And I want more. I want more mm-hmm. men men who like you who are who are willing to be vulnerable, who are willing to apologize, who are willing to acknowledge when they step on a foot, and who are willing to grow and become better versions of themselves. Cause that's, I think really what we're all just here to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Thank you. So, so thank you. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation so much. Likewise, and thank um, you. yeah, again, we've been talking with Robert Kendall about how sexual shame affects men in relationships. You can find out more about him at robertkendall.com. R-O-B-E-R-T-K-A-N-D-E-L-L.com. And for all of my beautiful listeners out there, I love you so much. Thank you for being you, for listening in, for stepping up and doing the work and, and for taking the value that beautiful people like Robert come and, and offer and for applying it to your life. Uh, because we all we all benefit when one of us shows up to do it Mm. so um do you have any last things you want to share with our listeners before we sign off for today you know just you're doing it right you can do it better but just start off you're doing it right you're living life it's hard it's challenging especially if you're an evolving human being and just give yourself a break Mm. beautiful and that's a beautiful way that until next time you can go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.